Two black men are arrested at Starbucks and sparks fly. Think you know what it's all about? Think again. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Usually Saturdays from 3 to 6. Today we're on Sunday, noon to 3. So if you're hearing this on Sunday, it is live and we are open for business. But if you do normally listen to my show on Saturdays, you know that I try to go for the most interesting story of the week, the one that I think has the potential to change our world, one that is uh, maybe has a hidden agenda. I try to pull back the curtain a little bit. And, uh, and there are a few stories this week that I think are interesting, um, and, and maybe if by the end of the show we can touch on some of the funny details that I've uh, noticed about the Southwest Airlines accident. Uh, my producer in studio is Brad Binkley, and he uh, he does a lot of research. He has a high tolerance for lis- listening to extreme left-wing propaganda, so I leave that to him, and he brings a lot of that to us, clips, tweets. He's also been following pretty closely Stacey Abrams specifically, but also the Georgia governor's race, and he's he's got an update on that, some uh, some... I guess details that aren't being covered, not only not covered, but not be, but being uh, uh, covered inaccurately in the news. So I, I maybe we'll try to get to that by the end of the show, maybe 2.30. Uh, but for me, the uh, story that's been just all over the news 24-7 uh, and, and with the same memes, we could, Finkley and I could play clips the whole time of all different people on all different stations, all different cable news or whatever, national shows on TV that say the exact same thing in the exact same words. There are clearly uh, messages and memes that are uh, are being echoed. We've seen how that works. We've seen memos go out. Uh, there was a funny thing that Conan O'Brien did where he was he sent out a press release to whatever it was, 100 news stations around the country. And every single report used the same exact phrasing. So when I say it's in the memo, there's a memo and they're all reading it. So there is definitely an element of that. And it is all focused on race. I myself don't think that the real issue here, the real agenda items that are being pushed are racial at all. I think they're using race as an excuse to do some other things. Uh, they love to exploit race, and um, and they say that this is going to be meant to decrease racial tension. Of course, it does the opposite. We're going to get into all of that. First, let me just tell you real quick what we're talking about, because... I, for one, don't generally I, – I, my instinct tells me to avoid the big propaganda-laden story of the week. If I was just a regular guy, I wouldn't listen to it. It annoys me. So maybe you're not following this. But uh, I will tell you. I'll just give you a recap. You'll be able to follow along even without having seen the video or whatever. So there was a woman, um, Melissa or Missy DePino, who tweeted out – a video that she took uh, from Starbucks where when she saw two men being arrested, black men. 
Uh, it, the video shows the men being handcuffed and walked out of the restaurant. And But in front and center of her video, even closer to her than these guys, is a white guy saying, what did these guys do? They did nothing. They were waiting for me. And, they, and you're arresting them? This is discrimination or something like that. Uh, then there's uh, another video from across the restaurant, which she later admitted was taken by a friend of hers. So I guess they weren't sitting together. That starts a little bit earlier. That starts... Um, but still after the cops get there. So everything we're seeing is after the cops get there. So we really do not know why the cops were called, what behavior, what atmosphere was there, what context, nothing. We just don't know. Uh, So what the men are saying is they came in, they asked to use the bathroom, they were told uh, they could not because they were not paying customers. I found out in one article that actually the bathroom code is printed on the receipt, which is uh, you know, kind of a way to, to just limit it to customers. I think it sounds reasonable. Uh, they said, all right. They sat down. Um, this is their story. They had outside water. They brought in bottles of water, and they just camped out. And, uh, and, but their story is basically, if I understood it correctly, that they were there for two minutes before the cops were called. And we just have no way of knowing that besides their word. Uh, As the scene's evolving in one of the videos and the the guy that they were there to meet starts saying, this is discrimination, this is discrimination, you're arresting them because they're black, the cop actually starts laughing or makes a sarcastic comment like, what what are you talking about? Like, get out of the way, you know, like, this is just stupid. Um, so, so the upshot is that all of this that you're hearing about this, what happened before, what the context was, doesn't actually come out in the videos. What, what you're, you're seeing the video while people are talking over, whether, you know, it's Don Lemon or, um, uh, uh, George Stephanopoulos, whatever, the people are talking over the video to make you think. And, and as people refer to it, the CEO guys, it's clear from the video what happened. It is not clear from the video what happened. And the only people who are telling us the story and putting in the details about how everybody else in there was one guy was one gal had Gatorade. Uh, no one was buying anything. Everybody was just camping out. All these stories about how these guys were behaving exactly like everyone else, yet they were the ones who got the cops called on them. Uh, those, that accounting comes from the woman with the video, uh, and the, and the guys, and then plus, uh, the guys who were arrested, plus the white guy who's on the video now. So you have to think about, are, are these people totally, are they biased? Are they totally unbiased? Are they uninterested? Now, this woman, uh, has a marketing communications firm. So she said her friend was across the room. Maybe it's a maybe it's her employee. I don't know, um, but there is it. That's she's in a business where she's kind of prepared for mass communication. And the guy that they were meeting, the real real estate guy, I don't know who he is, but he seems to be prominent real estate guy. Buys um, school buildings. They're they're involved in the public school system there. Him and his partner, his name is Andrew Yaffe. His partner is David Edelman. And uh, I found a picture of Andrew Yaffe with at a at a big fundraising event in the Hamptons uh, in 2011 that Mitt Romney attended. So this guy has some presence, you know, not really media presence, but these, you know, I see that I see people who who are just not 
your ordinary run-of-the-mill people, people who have a media presence or highly connected, and then I see something like this unfold where uh, where they're filling in the blanks for us, and I'm skeptical. Now, I don't. I, we can't. We can talk about the race issue if this if if discrimination and perceptionism, as Jamie Foxx calls it, really exists. It definitely exists. We, I, I think a little baby will recognize somebody from uh, his or her in-group, you know, who probably recognizes somebody from his own family, probably prefers that. Like, there is definitely some uh, lizard brain <laughs> uh, uh, immediate recognition of the in-group and the out-group. And we can talk about that. We can really get into that issue if you want, because that's what's being exploited, looking deep into yourself and finding that. That's why everyone's going to say, yeah, like, you know, there is some element of that. And we can talk about that as we unfold the agenda that is going to emerge from this. So, uh, but for me, I'm, I, I'm convinced this was a publicity stunt of one kind or another. And, uh, and that means it has a purpose and let's see what purpose it is. Is it just simply uh, nonstop PR for Starbucks that any any press, even bad press, is good uh, for business? I don't know about that. Let's let's see what they have to say for themselves. Uh, I want to know what you have to say. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Like I said, my producer, Binkley, is here. Uh, with lots of goodies and his bag of tricks. But I also, um, Binkley, I want to know, you're, before I even dug into this myself, you suggested it was a publicity stunt, and you are not as quick to assume that kind of stuff as I am. For me, that's the default assumption, and uh, and maybe I go in there and try to try to justify that position. I don't know. But you had to kind of came at it from a different angle. What was your view? Well, Howard Schultz, the guy who founded Starbucks and used to be the CEO of it, and he is also the guy who's going around doing a lot of the PR right now in response to this event. He has a history of using controversy to get media attention for Starbucks, like he did what was called the Come Together campaign in 2013 to encourage lawmakers to overcome gridlock in Washington. And then wow, he, he that's did my th- worst. Our, our only hope is gridlock in Washington. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He did one in 2015, which some people might remember, called the Race Together Cup Riding Campaign, where the story in the news was that the baristas, $10 an hour baristas, were going to have to start a national conversation with people waiting in line at Starbucks about race. You know, I I, I remember you mentioned that earlier. We did a podcast about this kind of like a, a first impressions podcast earlier in the week. If you want to go to propagandareportdaily.com, you can listen to it. And you had mentioned that, and since then I saw it in an article where they referred to that, like you, you know, how did it go? Um, how did your uh, talk about race thing go? It's like not well. Not it did not go well. And I'm thinking it didn't go well because it was a terrible idea. And you actually, I think you convinced me that they didn't even really do it. Didn't you actually interview some of the employees at Starbucks and ask them how they were prepared for this uh, for this push? Yeah, I went to a bunch of Starbucks because they used to do freelance work there, and I talked to them, and they didn't even know what was going on. Some of them and others said, no, we don't have to talk to them. It was just to create news so that the media would talk about it. Well, you actually had a couple of 
items of firsthand experience that I want to dig into. One is you you do spend a lot, or you used to anyway, spend a lot of time in Starbucks. So I want to know, I am not a, uh, I do not hang out at the Starbucks. So I don't know what the protocol is. I know what it was like when uh, I was going into regular stores. I mean, you could never use the bathroom if you weren't buying something. But I always think it's weird that people are allowed to camp out in Starbucks anyway. So I want to hear your experience with that. And I do want to hear about your experience. This is going to be later in the show, though, because I have some clips that are going to fold into it about you being falsely arrested. I want to I want to uh, talk about that. And um, but we I have some agenda items that I think are at play here that nobody else is talking about. So I want to hear what you have to say. 800 WSB talk. You could tweet at me at Monica Perez show. But uh, we're going to peel this uh, onion one layer at a time after the break. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It is 58 degrees outside the studio. It's overcast and kind of ominous outside. So it does not look good. But we are having fun. Sometimes it's nice to, I don't know, do your ironing, listen to some, some good talk radio when it's cloudy out. Overcast, looking like it's going to rain. But we're talking that this is some good talk radio because we're taking a very different approach to the story of the week, the scandal of the week, the outrage of the week, which is uh, two guys were arrested for um, uh, being in a Starbucks and they were black, and it's being widely promoted that it was an act of racism. And I think there's a lot to that. So a, a lot to how they're bringing that out, what they're exploiting, what their purpose is. There's a lot of different agenda items. I think there's this concept that I came across about the in-group and the out-group. And if you if you've noticed, like at Little League or at your church or whatever, that those associations absolutely trump race. So you're you're absolutely you know, those people like you're not thinking that outside of that, when you're dealing with strangers, I think it is inherent that you try to get certain clues as to if they're like or unlike you. And race is a part of that. A lot of things. Sexual orientation is a part of that weight. And, uh, you know, how somebody's dressed, all these things you're using as signals. So I want to I want to start the conversation. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me at Monica Perez show. Uh, my producer here, Binkley, um, do you Binkley, do you have a, a tweet that we can kind of launch our discussion with? I do. I have one from AJ who tweets. I think the accusation of racism is a distraction away from the real problem. Classism which Starbucks is getting away with every day. Starbucks presupposes classism. If classism weren't a thing in the USA, Starbucks couldn't exist. That's a lot. Uh, I think I think I, I actually agree that it's it's class that actually even the race and the class issue is often confused uh, because there are some um, like the demographics are are different, but it, I I think if it was a white homeless guy who smelled like he probably would not have lasted as long as those guys before the cops were called. But uh, there there's there's a lot to that. I want to peel that onion, um, and I want to talk about a little bit more about why it's being framed just the way it is. 
and what you should expect to come out of it. 800 WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Saturday is from 3 to 6 normally, but right now we are on live Sunday from noon to 3. And we are talking, as always, about the story of the week that seems to um, be significant for a policy reason. That's really what I – my whole thing is peel back uh, – the the veils pull back the veils of the propaganda to see why the mainstream 24 7 national cable news focuses on one story and not another story it's gotten to the point where i do not think that anything that gets uh um you know multi-day coverage is there other than for a policy reason it is there solely in order to influence you that, that when I was growing up, people say, well, the news reflects what people want. They reflect if you think it's bad, it's because we're bad. It's because we're stupid and shallow. I, I that maybe was true back then. I don't know. Right now, it is always about a policy agenda. And if you do your own research, if you think critically, if you peel back the onion, you will see it, too. So I'm going to tell you what I think. Absolutely happy to hear what you think uh, about the issue of. Two guys getting arrested at Starbucks. Uh, the cops were called because they didn't buy anything and they were staying there, sitting there. And uh, and the call, the cry is that it was that it wouldn't have happened if they weren't black. Problem is, we don't see what actually happened. We don't know what they said or what they did. We don't know what they provoked. And I'll say my my producer Binkley is here. He he always finds what's going on behind the scenes on the left. He's seen smoking guns for provocation. Uh, actually, maybe we can play this clip later. But Binkley, remember when that was? Is it a congresswoman or a senator? Jane Schakowsky. Schakowsky. Right. So and it, she's the one who's married to the guy who was on that. Bob Kramer. That, yeah, the Project Veritas videos where he's like, "Hey, man, I've been to jail. I'm not doing anything wrong." Something like that. Yeah. He, maybe he wasn't in jail, but he was busted big time. I think he wasn't. He jail. was in jail. Yeah. So <clears throat> she said something like, "The." You can find the clip in a second, but didn't she say something to the effect of, hey, if we can get cops pulling people out of wheelchairs, that would be just awesome. She said these images of cops pulling people out of wheelchairs are great for our movement to a group of activists at a training session. Okay, so when I hear that, I am not denying that people absolutely register what race you are what weight you are, what class you are, the second they see you. And that does impact, in my opinion, how they interact with you. Sometimes it makes it better. Sometimes they overcompensate. You know, we're, we're encouraged to overcompensate. But it, it is, there is that stuff there, which is why this rings true to people, because you can look inside your soul and say, I did notice that guy was black. I mean, I could not help but notice that. Now, did it cause action? I don't, I don't know. But this, and all I'm sure it happens all the time that that recognition of uh, how you classify people impacts how you interact with them. I'm sure of that. This actual thing, though, looks like a publicity stunt. And why do I think that's possible? Because Starbucks does stuff like that. This uh, you, there are more than one example of people on the left promoting agendas that that call for 
uh, agent's provocateur. Actually, that Project Veritas video where her husband was featured uh, were talking about how they would send people in there, vulnerable-looking people, to get their faces punched. Bird you know, dogging. like Right? Say that again? It's called bird-dogging. Oh, really? Oh, I have to put that in my glossary. Um, I have a great glossary on MonicaPerezShow.com that's just full of those kind of words. Remind me to put down bird dogging. So, uh, so here, so, so this is a completely par for the course. There's so, so let's take it. We can talk about the issue of this kind of bias. I'm fine with that, but you can't forget they're doing it for a reason. What's the reason? Because they don't like that and they think they can help us get past it and make a better society, a post-racial society. They're not looking for a post-racial society because in interview after interview, from law enforcement to the media to the victims are saying the time for words is over. (laughs) You know, that's not, those are not people who are trying to promote harmony. Those are people who are trying to spark Unrest, But even that is not what I think the real agenda is. I actually think uh, the real agenda has to do with, you know, this exact thing, the way um, Obama's Sandy Hook executive orders weren't about guns. They were about surveillance. It's like your, your classic misdirection. This, I think, is about how we treat private property, like the, the blurring the lines between private and public property. That's where and I'm going to I'm going to. Uh, play some clips to demonstrate that I think that's what's really uh, the primary objective here as far as what policies might change, not just Starbucks policies, but legal policies. So, uh, Binkley, let's hear a tweet, get to some calls, and then we'll play some of these clips. All right. We have a tweet from Greg who tweets, public bathrooms become ground zero in the opioid epidemic. And he links an article. Yes. Uh you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show or call 800-WSB-TALK. The, that was something that you brought up to me earlier that is absolutely uh, – normal people wouldn't realize that. I, my own personal experience, my uh, family life, my upbringing in the suburbs of New York, I have had more than my fair share of exposure to the opioid epidemic, including uh, – Deaths, and as a matter of fact, uh, one of my in-laws. My, if you've listened to the show, you know that my sister died of uh, uh, heroin overdose last year. But um, prior to that, an in-law of mine, uh, an ex-in-law, I guess, died in a bathroom doing opioids. You know, like, and so that's a very common thing. And they, and also, if you know anything about, actually, I have two relatives who died in the bathroom from that. Um, you would not believe my story. <laughs> it's so crazy. But anyway, uh, so, they, and they fall asleep when they do it. So you really can't have bathrooms open to that in, in, in the inner cities. And I, and I think that's why there aren't public bathrooms, actually, in inner cities, if I'm not mistaken. But what, what, didn't you have some observation about that, Binkley? Didn't, are you aware of that personally, or what was your story? Yeah, there was a, like an epidemic of people going into Starbucks bathrooms and overdosing on heroin. Oh, heroine. Starbucks specifically? Yeah, I'm looking at an article from 2015 wow. right now. I, was, I would be in there, and then somebody would go in, and they'd just be in there for like three hours. Uh, so this is funny. I want to make an observation that's a little bit off point. But 
when we talk about the opioid thing, like it affects me deeply. Like it, I, I'm surprised at how it just messes with me because I have personal experience with it. So when you're talking about racial discrimination, I saw a quote, you know, Whoopi Goldberg, she's just a propaganda machine herself. But she said, you know, you can't understand if you're not a minority. And I believe that. And like you can't understand um, real sexual harassment, sexual intimidation if you're not a woman. You can't understand the real um, feeling of being physically in danger because someone is physically stronger than you. Like that affects even in the workplace. You're like used to taking a sport in a position because there is in that lizard brain some fear. So uh, I'm just saying like these things that are like deeply personal – I don't want to presume that I know how somebody else feels about it. That's why I'm talking about this thing in this way, because I think that it's a setup in order to prompt a bunch of agendas, not that there aren't real problems that we really we think we think we can understand. But I don't think we can. Um, But we have enough of our own problems. Like every single person has a problem. They can't understand what it's like to have to face injustice you know, to face fears and insecurity. So, I mean, that's a launching off point for a conversation. So let me, uh, let's launch the conversation with John Incoming. Hi, John, you are on with Monica. Okay. It has nothing to do with racism when they do these things. Racism is defined as uh, I'm superior to you because of who I am in my race. This has to do with an agenda they want to put into effect because they don't like what you did. And it doesn't matter what it is. If they don't like what you did, they're going to call it racist. Because I will say there is one thing that I noticed happening over and over again, something being said uh, to Fox, uh, you know, by people on Fox and CNN and everything. There's nothing worse than bigotry. So now, of course, you know, at the same time, I heard that I was reading an article that in India they want to impose the death penalty on child rapists. I'm like, well, that's worse than bigotry. But but if they make it so that. There's nothing worse than bigotry, and everybody has bigotry, even if they can't see it in themselves. Then you really, you really can exploit. Uh, you can call anybody guilty. I think this is that is in part what this is about to make sure that everybody feels a certain level of guilt, so that they can be exploited. So, uh, what else? Is that all you got? Um, <laughs> well, basically, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. I, I think that there it is. Yes. Like someone did. It's not racism. You know, it would be like I live in Decatur. If I call up and ask to speak to John Lewis's people, they want to know where I live because I'm not a black person. And when I don't, you know, tell them that I live and I live in a white neighborhood, they don't want to talk to me. I hate to inform you of that, but that's what happens. I, I believe it happens in both ways. I mean, that's the thing is that you could people could call in right now. With story after story of this kind of uh, racial bias, whether you're discriminated against or privileged by it, uh, from every different perspective. It's this in-group, out-group thing that is real. And and I actually feel like that – I've said this many times that, like, that's what uh, – that was the world-changing message of Jesus, was that you're not supposed to do that. The Good Samaritan charity, you know, you're not supposed to do that. And and I, and I the reason I think it's significant that I think that was his big message is that it it's perhaps the root of all uh, uncharity. And that, and that is 
what he, you know, that's the hope, right, is that we are charitable towards each other. I think it's interesting to reflect on the uh, on charity as a route to overcome this stuff rather than maybe, uh, you know, putting your words aside and taking action. Let's let's try to look into our hearts, not to find the lizard brain unconscious bias, but to try to access charity to overcome that. Uh, which separates us from the lizards. Anyway, uh, let me go to John in Kennesaw. John, you have one minute. You're on with Monica. Go. Uh, I am boycotting. Uh, You're cutting in and out, John. I got to put you on hold. I'll give you another chance later. Um, So, yeah, let's cut to a break so we can get to give John some more time if you can get to a better cell, you can call me to 800-WSB-TALK, 404-872-0750. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And we're going to start playing some clips for you of what police, media, the actual people involved are saying and what I think uh, their real goals are, item by item. This uh, We'll get back to that shortly. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Yeah, well... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 64 is the high for today. 56 the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, I'm going to try to get back to John in Kennesaw. John, can I hear you? Yes, sir. All right, ma'am. No problem. Uh, So talk to me. What you got? Well, I feel like boycotting uh, Starbucks because they fired the manager or the waitress that kicked the guys out. Do you know um, that she was fired? I never heard anyone say that for sure. I, I heard it on the news. I, I don't know that for sure. I just heard that one time, and that sort of infuriates me if that is the case because when I go to an establishment, I don't want to go into a place where there are a bunch of people sitting, and I don't care if they're white or black, if they won't buy something – they come in with their own waters. They sit down. They take up space. I think the the store has a responsibility to keep the environment free of people like that. When, when you own your own store, you can't have a bunch of people just hanging out. Yes. Different than that and watering. Hold on. There's a lot there, John. Actually, I feel like that the what the things that you're talking about are the real underlying agenda here. And I have a lot of clips that I'm going to play in the next half an hour. Um, or maybe our, that brings out this idea that a public place does not have the right to control who comes and goes, that you shouldn't, that your your bathroom should be open to the public, that you shouldn't be able to call the police to control that. And I, so I feel confident that is part of the agenda. However, um, I'm not 100% sure why is it to diminish property rights is it to get people to stop calling the cops so that crime gets worse is it to get people to be allowed to use um opium in bathrooms or is it or is it simply to penalize a little single store owner who really can't handle that whereas starbucks could handle it so starbucks could keep upstarts from coming in if if every little mom and pop shop uh, and they can even send people to overrun the mom and pop shops. You know what I'm saying? Like there could be some kind of corporate purpose to this too. That's true. And if I went into an establishment and just sat down and started talking with my buddy, and if somebody came and said, "Hey, you have to buy something," 
instead of causing the scene, I'd say, oh, sorry about that, and I'd get up and leave. There's certain groups of people that just want to cause a problem. But that's they told the thing. those guys to leave, and they should have left. What do you mean by certain groups of people? People that are just aggravating type, troublemaking people. It doesn't matter who they are or what they are. Just, just like I'm saying, if you tell me to leave, then I'm going to leave. But I have a brother-in-law. If you told him to leave, he'd want to cause a problem. Yeah, I, and I actually think in this case, it's it's even more calculated than that. In that, I believe these people, uh, all of them, the the woman and her friend who took the two videos, the the two guys who got arrested, and the guy they were supposedly meeting. I feel like they're all working for Starbucks because you're not hearing any. You know, it's just. It's all feeding into action, 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 action. So it's your classic problem, reaction, solution. And in my experience these days, that's almost always uh, ginned up from the beginning. 800-WSB-TALK. Tweet at me, uh, at Monica Perez Show. Uh, More to come. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. When is it appropriate to call the police? We're not private bodyguards or bouncers. I mean, if a person commits a crime, that's one thing. If they don't, then they should deal with it uh, some other way. This is Monica Perez, and that was Charles Ramsey... Uh, the former Philadelphia police commissioner and former D.C. police chief suggesting <clears throat> that calling the cops for trespassing is an inappropriate use of police power, that she was treating them as the private bouncer as if Starbucks has no right to the private property that they have spent many billions of dollars on. I wouldn't be surprised if Starbucks itself is a real estate play. That that's so he's saying it's inappropriate. This whole thing, like that one brief little clip and a couple of others from the same guy just blow my mind because what they're saying is trespassing as a libertarian. Uh, I'm, I'm beyond, I don't think there's any salvaging the modern state, but even as like my father, who is kind of your classical traditional conservative believed in very limited government, limited government, even at the smallest is there to protect your person and your property. Your property is a function of the sweat of your brow. It's part of you. So the only reason we all consent to the extent we consent to government, to having police in the first place, is to protect our persons and our property. So he says if some crime was committed, that's different. Crime is committed. If you tell somebody to leave and they don't leave, that in itself is trespassing. As a matter of fact, in Texas, if someone comes onto your property without permission, you can shoot them to death. It's called the Castle Doctrine. Your property is your property. So what he's saying, though, I think, is public property, property that you open to the public— you don't have the same rights. It's an encroachment on private property. And it goes back, I think, to a really old U.N. document called Habitat One, where they say we're going to allow our goal is to allow personal property so you can own your clothing, 
but we don't want individuals to own real property. You shouldn't own land. This is a very long time, long term agenda of how to get power away from you. And in countries where they don't allow you to own resource and mineral rights, oil and stuff underneath the ground, very poor people live on gushers on top of land that has gushing oil. Whereas in Texas and Oklahoma, the source of this grassroots wealth there is just property ownership. And uh, and it's it's a really important way to, to give people access to uh, real wealth. And... Another thing that's weird about it is that we have this whole see something, say something culture emerging. So if you see someone doing something you don't like, you should rat on them anonymously. But if you actually need police help, you should not call the police. Now, that will increase crime. If you feel like it's racist to call the cops, what if you are and it doesn't matter if you're black or white. You know, you can be racist towards your own group like they don't. They don't make distinctions about that. So if you're somebody in the inner city, you don't want to call the cops if somebody's on your little pizza place because it's racist. That's that's designed to disempower people, little store owners and stuff like that. So there is there's a lot. uh and it's encouraging confrontation. They're saying, you know, just talk these guys down. Now, Binkley, you sent me, my, my producer Binkley is here. He sent me something that says the police incident report obtained Tuesday said the two men who have not been identified, so this is an old article, cursed at the store manager and refused to leave, even though officers asked multiple times. They, I did see them ask multiple times. They insulted the police. Uh, the commissioner alluded to this in his explanation of events, blah, blah, blah. So... So she tried to deal with it verbally, you know? I mean, there's just so much going on here that's kind of weird. Um, I'm going to get to some calls. 800-WSB-TALK. Binkley, do you want to read a, a tweet quickly or you want to Yeah, I have one. Okay, go. From WTG who tweets, a person or a group could get rich by borrowing stock, then causing an incident like this, then buy back the stock after the price plummets and profit. <sighs> No way. Which, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, this is a classic thing. So there was a big airline incident a couple of years back. Maybe it was Delta or whatever. And I said, that doesn't strike me as true. That's a weird story. And somebody said, well, what do you mean Delta lost billions of dollars? I said, Delta didn't lose billions of dollars. Small small shareholders lost billions. I, I bet if you look three months from now when the, when the documents are filed about insider activity, I bet those guys, the big shareholders bought at that, was looking for a buying opportunity. They probably had expressed their intention to buy before the stock crashed. And then the stock within days is always back up, which was the case with this one. After 2015... Everybody was saying, sell, sell, sell on Starbucks. And then a few months later, it had reached an all-time high. Yeah, and, and that this is old. I, I think I heard Carlos Slim refer to something like this, that people say the Depression was that way. Some said that the Depression was a deliberate crash to get people to – small shareholders to lose their money and big shareholders to accumulate. There's an old story. I don't know if it's true or not that the Rothschilds got their money by front-running um, Waterloo. And they went back and uh, gave the wrong information and um, got, I guess, British bonds at rock bottom. And then when and when the British victory was announced, they uh, that was it. That was that was the nest egg that changed the world, supposedly. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know if those some people say those stories. I don't know. But anyway, the idea is there. And if they didn't actually do it, certainly once that idea gets out there, somebody's going to do it. Let's take some calls. I'm going to Rick in Athens. Hi, Rick. You're on with Monica. Hello, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, well, my comment, uh, you mentioned something earlier about how everybody has some sort of bigotry in them and they may not realize. Well, I didn't. No, no, no. I did not say bigotry. I do not. That is, I don't. I'm not even sure. I know what that word means. I'm saying that inherently, people recognize the outgroup that a six-month-old baby is going to crawl towards his aunt before he crawls towards some stranger who looks very different from him. Right. Well, my point is, or comment is, um, at one point, I used to have very bad dental care. I was missing front teeth. Couldn't if I smiled, it looked it looked uh, ugly. And basically, the way people treated me, even though I was working full time trying to save money to get my teeth fixed, I was still being treated differently. I was judged right away as to what type of person I was. I was swing construction, so I had dirty clothes, and I'm riding the bus home, and all of a sudden I'm homeless and I'm a, a vagrant. You know, and once my teeth were fixed, I could wear the same clothes, be riding the same bus and be treated totally different. And what do you think about that? Uh, uh, Well, I mean, I think it's messed up that we all quickly jump to a judgment on just somebody's appearance, whether whether it's skin color or uh, dental or the way that their clothes or hair is. Weight uh, is a big one, too. Oh, yes, absolutely, and wait. And, you know, people just automatically, you know, without even talking, just looking at someone, they judge it. And, you know, to me, I think that in in that aspect, that's wrong. You know, that's something that we need to, as a society, need to try and overcome. I actually think that that in itself is not only primal, so, like, there's evolutionary reason to for people to instinctively tell the in-group from the out-group or whatever. Um, that's not exactly what you're saying. You're talking about something more uncharitable. Um, and that we – that the idea of the whole – and I'm not promoting religion. I'm just saying the whole idea of seeing – God and each other, of seeing that. You don't even have to think of it as God. It's just the humanity, whatever it is. You know, the the whole struggle of religion in its best sense is to help us overcome that and to truly love that person. Like, if you look at what Mother Teresa says about, you know, you the drunks need somebody to listen to. I'm like, seriously? You need me to listen to the drunks like that? They're wrong. Why, why should I listen to them? They're the ones who are, you know, got themselves drunk. You know what I mean? Like she even takes out the idea of culpability from it just to see the the image of God that, you know, is reflected in every countenance. And I, I feel like it's a big struggle and we need to to make that struggle. And I think you're right. And it's very hurtful and it's a self-fulfilling thing. Um, I don't know. Any suggestions? Uh if I knew that, I think I'd be a rich man. Yeah. Or, you know, or the, or Jesus, they'd hang you on a cross. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, seriously, like, that's that's a problem. Like, we want we want the in-group, out-group thing. It, it even, 
reaches a sinister level where people will deliberately favor the in-group for benefits. You know, well, every every society functions like that, right? Every, like, sub-society? Well, it also stems from, you know, what we teach our children. You know, I mean, everything starts at home when you think about it. If we... Our children are like sponges. They soak up everything they see and hear. And a lot of times parents don't realize that. The way they behave around certain people or treat certain people, um, you know, has a big effect on how they are going to grow up and act. That's an awesome point. And I actually have to say most of my insights on why and how to be a good person is it, it comes out of – I'm not saying I'm – a good person. I'm not, I'm, I'm doing, I think I'm doing my best. I don't even know. Maybe there's a much better thing. I, I, I don't know. But I, like my desire to be a good person comes from my sense of responsibility towards my kids. But Binkley, I feel like you're making faces at me. What's the, what's the story? I, I think you're a good person. Oh, that's super nice of you. Thank you. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm weak. But, uh, but just generally speaking, I, I mean, are we off track? Do you think that, 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 that there is something to this, the fact that, that we should actually take the focus off of race and talk about uh, what it is that makes us, you know, how to overcome? You know, there is an underlying problem, right? We do look at each other uncharitably. We look at each other competitively. We look at each other as not just in-group, out-group, but am I – thinner or younger or prettier or smarter or stronger or richer than this other person. I mean, I think that's happening all day long, like to everybody, one way or another. You are, I don't even think of myself as comparing, but I think it happens all day long. So anyway, but now I got to get a break because I'm a little long-winded. Hang on, guys. Um, more calls, 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's a man A man on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. 70% chance of showers this afternoon, high of 64 for today. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. We're going to go to the phones. We're going to Derek in East Point. Hi, Derek. You're on with Monica. Hey, how's it going today? Good. How are you doing? Doing great. Just want to, uh, if we can all agree that we have some type of unrecognized or internal bias against a group or a what have you. And of course, I feel like we have the right to call the police to enforce our property rights. But where do we balance that in calling the police just to enforce our bias when that person we're calling the police on really hasn't done anything that warrants being arrested? Well, the Inquirer and the Daily News said, and there aren't, there isn't much coverage of this, that those guys were cursing right. at the store manager. So gotcha. it's possible that they were actually provoking. That's why I kind of think this thing um, was a stunt. But I will say on the bigger issue that I was taught by my father never, ever, ever to call the cops. Ever. <laughs> like, ever. So you would have to go across the street and say, hey, I don't like your dog barking. And I remember once my, my husband suggested we should call the cops, and we were first married, and I was like, hold on a second. I didn't know this about you. <laughs> we don't do that. I'm out of here. <laughs> and, uh... And he, he got wise pretty quickly about that issue. And uh, even even at my school, my kids' school, it's a super Catholic school, and I, and I said to them, uh, they, were, they encouraged the kids to snitch on each other. And I, I, I went to the dean, and I said, you, you, can't, you cannot have one kid snitch on another kid for cheating on the math test. And 
uh, or, or I don't know what it was, something like that. It wasn't even cheating. It was like reading a book quietly while the teacher was teaching math. And I said, you can't have kids snitch on each other that way. I teach my kids, you tell if someone needs help, if someone's in danger. You don't tell to get somebody in trouble for uh, quietly reading a book when the teacher isn't looking. That's not cool. And I won her over because there's a gospel. It's like the craziest gospel. It's where uh, Christ says, look, if somebody's wronging you, go to him. If that doesn't work, go to, like, the community. And if that doesn't work, treat them like a Gentile. Like, I don't even know what that meant. I was like, what is he talking about? But it, but it was clear to me that you were not supposed to, you're supposed to deal with it if you can on purpose. But if they were cursing at her and it's private property, she has a job to do. There is a policy. Uh, I think, you know, I'd like to hear her side of the story. Uh, 800 WSB Talk. At Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Why did you call in the first place? Right. Why didn't you try to talk it out? That's uh, what the commissioner the, uh, is saying. The gentleman. They yeah. said they're waiting for somebody. Then wait and see if they're waiting for somebody. That's what the commissioner is saying. They were not disturbing saying. the peace. They were not bothering anybody. They were not raising their voices. They're sitting at tables, and the place wasn't even that crowded. So, yeah. I mean, again, from what we hear from management, they're trying to deal with their policies, try to help their employees better understand how to deal with these situations. Wanna... And as the commissioner said, when should you call the police? So that was Michael Nutter, the former mayor of Philadelphia, on uh, CNN with Don Lemon. And uh, when he said that, I pulled that because I knew that we did not really know what those guys had been doing. Like that whole narrative that guy just spewed out, he has no knowledge of it. And then only after that, only actually five minutes ago did I see that Binkley sent me the incident report or excerpt from it as printed in the newspaper kind of right after the event where it said that those guys cursed at the store manager and refused to leave. And we did see them refuse to leave with the cops. The The witnesses said they couldn't actually hear what the guys were saying to the cops. Um, this says they were taunting the cops. Uh I don't really care. I, to me, it looks like a publicity stunt, so there had to have been some kind of provocation. Uh, but it doesn't matter. These guys who are telling us what happened and why and what should be done about it are making stuff up. <laughs> you know, there's a chance it's true, but there's a there's an equal chance it's not true. And and when someone does something like that, why did that guy do that? Why did Michael Nutter say that? Does he believe? He must believe it. He must believe it. I, I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he believes it because Starbucks management is playing into it. But if they're the ones who set it up, of course they're going to—they're not going to refute that it was spontaneous and unprovoked, and they want to change their policies. And what's weird, uh, what's weird is that their policies—the policy is to print the bathroom code on the receipt. I mean, how could the cash register? You, you, that's a way to defeat bias right there. But it's not about the bias. It's actually, I think it might actually be about the bathroom. Listen to, this is on the same show, Charles Ramsey, the former Philly police commissioner. Rachel, will you please play for me clip two? We've had problems before with Starbucks with a uniform police sergeant in Philadelphia that was refused entry to the bathroom because they weren't buying coffee. And they were on duty working at the time, and this happened to be a white sergeant. So I think Starbucks has to really think about their policies. 
There's a thing about their policies of only letting customers use bathrooms. I mean, you know, and when we're talking about opioid abuse as the reason that people are closing down their bathrooms, what is this guy thinking? He's no dope. He knows. He knows the implications here. Uh, Binkley. My producer Binkley is here. Um, I'm really excited to get to my next call, but I want to know if you have a tweet. Or you had something to say. Didn't you have something to say? Yeah. It. Uh, you said something earlier that made me think about this. The see something, say something is call cops on Republicans while the be careful <laughs> about who we call police on means don't call cops on progressives. Well, and actually – the see something, say something thing, a lot of it is is really see something like online. Yeah. It's really about thought police. It's We're getting to the yeah. point, and I've noticed this elsewhere recently, where the digital world is more important than the, than the meat world, the yeah, meat yeah. space world. So my sister sent me an email like, proms are becoming photo ops, and people aren't even going to the prom. They're just getting dressed up and taking pictures. And I was like, wow, because the digital world is the only thing that matters to them. And this is a that's a transitional mindset to virtual reality world, in my opinion. So like all this is about see something, say something. The digital space is more important than the actual someone physically invading your private property is is something that you should. They're asking you to please, please do not call the police under those circumstances. It's crazy. Uh, 800 WSB Talk. You can tweet at Monica Press Show. James in Atlanta, tell me what you think. Hey, Monica. Uh, as an African American man, this is about the most ridiculous thing I've heard in my entire life. Everybody, sometime in their life, has been denied access to a restaurant or something or a bathroom if you weren't buying something, some type of facility. I know plenty of uh, people of all races you know, have been denied, oh, you can't use the hotel bathroom unless you stand here or you can't. James, uh, I grew up in New York City. I remember being like six years old with tears in my eyes, walking around Manhattan with my mother for six hours straight. And I just, at one point, I just ran for it. I just went to the back. And these guys, I don't know, they were big, hairy guys behind the counter just started screaming at me. I'm still traumatized. I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was. I'm still traumatized by it. So it's a thing. You do not use the bathroom if you're not paying for stuff. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you, but I I, yeah. I, I remember it's, it is very traumatic. I mean, but this is like uh, only thing they had to do was go in there if the policy, hey, go buy a $2 cup of tea. And the, the whole situation could have been resolved. You know, uh, I mean, go, 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 go buy something and, and then and then leave. And if you felt as though that the manager was being biased, hey, you could have called your friend and said, hey, we're not going to stay here. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to meet you someplace else. Or you could have bought something, used the bathroom and say, you know what, we're not coming back here anymore. But to, but yeah. to make a big ordeal out of this when it didn't have to be, it, it didn't have to it didn't have to be like this. And I'm a little I mean, suspicious at the people well, who did make a big ordeal about it, the video well, it, people. It, it's the same thing over and over again. And as an African-American, I don't know when African-Americans will learn. Liberals use black people for their agenda. They always have. What I do you mean, think the agenda is they, here? What's they, this they, agenda? The agenda is to cause chaos. The agenda is to uh, somehow tie back to Trump and Everybody is racist now because of Trump. And, you know, it, 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 it's, it's always it, – it's, it's, and they use black people. I'm, I'm, they use them to 
to to create a certain narrative. You know what I'm saying? They don't really care about black people. I'm sorry to say the, the liberals don't. They don't care. They well, solving the problem takes them. away their reason for being. Well, 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 this goes back, like I was telling um, uh, the, the, the screener, that this goes back to the Communist Party back in the early 1900s, too, how they how to infiltrate the civil rights movement to to spread communism in the United States. Yeah. You know, they. I mean, that, that was part, you know, that, you know, <clears throat> listen, I'm a libertarian. If you don't if you don't like me, that's fine. If you don't want me to use your establishment, that's fine. I'm not going to cry and call you racist. Guess what? I'll have build my own. I'll go someplace else. That's your right. If that's your business and you don't want me to come in, I'm fine with that. Okay? I I don't want to be someplace where somebody doesn't want me there anyway. And I just think I just think these 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 situations happen to push a certain agenda. Now, 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 instead of instead of these guys just buying a two dollar bottle of water, now we all talking about everything is racist. Now you see, you see what we're talking about now. We're talking about all oh, everything needs to change, and and it, and and, and it's inevitably going to go back to Trump. Uh, the climate of the country is because of Trump. You know now, you know uh, you, most things when you when 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 you get older, you realize it has nothing to do with with skin color. It has, it's all, it has something to do with commercial trans uh making a commercial transaction you know business and 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 the situation like i said if he if they just would have bought something yeah bought a cup of coffee we wouldn't even be here the thing would have been over they could have waited for their friend and like they always say and when the police come i tell people all the time when the police come and ask them to leave all they had to do was leave of course, people get shot all the time. They they yeah. didn't make a sting. Like, I don't think they were lurking, lurching around. I didn't see that. But you got to watch that. James, you said a lot of things, so I want to respond to them. Um, the idea of the civil rights uh, movement being hijacked by communists, you, you, I feel like they always take you always take something that has an actual problem and then exploit it. It's just like Rahm Emanuel said. Take the crisis and exploit it for your own purposes. So, so that you start with something that's real, or something that can be arguably real, and you direct that energy towards something you want to accomplish. And communist goals is definitely one of the things that was accomplished in the past. I think that's actually part of this now because they're talking about encroaching on uh, property rights, on on that the police are not there to enforce private property rights if it's probably like not your home. Um, but you said something else. It's about causing chaos. And I believe that is true. And I feel like there we have several clips uh, that I, I would like to play where the people who are making the circuit are saying, and this has been going on for a while, stop using your words. Start taking action. We played a clip like that from a Stacey Abrams rally not too long ago. Uh, and I think we have a couple more, Binkley, if you can find those clips and give them to Rachel, we'll play those. And uh, so I think that that it's actually now at this point being designed to promote actual unrest, not words, but action. At the same time, it's telling you not to call the police, you know, not to deny people entry. So so those doors were open. Protesters came in. Uh, I think there's a lot to to watch for. I want to do a. um Another call real quick. I'm going to go to Tom in Canton. Hi, Tom. You are on with Monica. You got an, you have a, a minute or so. Just another day in paradise. How about you? <laughs> All is well, Tom. All is well. 
Um, at least we have the ability to, to speak freely. I'm so excited about the fact that well, we still have freedom yeah. of speech. I had 26 years and a day in the military. I feel like I went to everybody. So, so what, what did you what did you have to say? Well, I was uh, talking about the uh, incident with Starbucks. Yep. I'm I'm a diabetic, and with the meds I'm taking, it's not unusual. Like 10 minutes after I turn the pack cup, I'm going to have to get rid of two. And whatever's the closest spot when I'm in town, I just dive in. Say, uh, the waitress, like, for, for, for y'all, like, uh, number two or whatever, a glass of Coke. You know, I'm going to be here for a few minutes waiting for the team. Go hit the water closet, come out, relax for a few minutes. And if somebody comes in and I know I'll chat with them or the phone rings, like, oh, man, I got to run. See you next time. It's a 50-50 deal. You work with them, they're going to work with you, but... They have company policies, and someplace I know there's people. So, so that's interesting. So what you're saying is you, you need them. You want to use their property. You want something from them. They demand uh, a little something in return by Madeline or whatever, and that's their rule. It works for everybody. It's a quid pro quo. That's great. We, we actually, these guys... Uh, are suggesting that that's not a fair deal. They recognize that's the rule, and uh, and they want us to to think that it's a very subjectivist argument. That at one point, one of these guys was being interviewed on George Stephanopoulos' show, saying rules are rules, but right is right. So when you're separating rules from right, boy, that will destabilize society. If you're telling people the rules are not right, that's why you want to follow fundamental right and wrong. You want to teach people the difference. You want to teach them critical thoughts so they can apply those principles um, and recognize that our age-old foundational laws uh, are the undergirding of a civil uh, civilized society and and this is all going to kind of um, uproot our our fundamental legal principles. Let's talk more about that after the break at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I understand that. The rules are rules, but what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And right and wrong are not related. I get it. I mean, I definitely get how that is true on the larger level, all the laws that we have. And as a libertarian, almost all of them are outside the scope of limited government and our founding documents, in my opinion. But all federal laws, basically, almost every single one is outside the scope of the uh, of the authority of the federal government. But I think there's probably no one on Earth who doesn't recognize that the foundation of law is self-defense of person and property. This is trespassing. So, um, but that's not really the point. The point is, actually, I think that is the point. I think they want to make it so that you cannot enforce the boundaries of your own private property. That's really what I think this is about, um, that it's actually using race as an excuse. Let me get to a call real quick. Uh, Kim and Decatur, you have one minute. Go. Well, I'm going to make it real quick. Um, first of all, people don't understand that it's a business, and every minute that goes by, that's another minute on their insurance policy, on their rent, on their taxes. And if they're not conducting business or have the ability, when those guys are just parked there, 
they've lost those seats to the ability to do business. And then the other thing is, is what about the airport authority? They've banned homeless people from loitering and sleeping in there between certain hours. And to be in there now, you have to have a ticket. I, oh, I wondered why the airport was so uh it between like 11 and maybe, I don't know, 6 or something. Like, mm-hmm. Go check. But, you know, the airport authority now has, you have to be a paying customer to be in there overnight. I mean, could I go into Starbucks and say when they close and say, yeah, but I want to stay here overnight. Hey, maybe someday. But uh, right after the break, I think Alex in Atlanta wants to rebut you, Kim. So... Stay tuned for that. 800-WSB-TALK, 404-872-0750. It's 56 degrees outside the studio. Skies are gloomy. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And this is Monica Perez. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. Put action in the police and stop using your words. Rez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Normally, Saturdays from 3 to 6, and I've been pretty good about Saturdays from 3 to 6 lately. Today, we're on Sunday from noon to 3, so if you're listening right now, it is live. You can call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. We're talking about the Starbucks incident. That was just a clip from... Uh, Rashawn Nelson, one of the guys, and he said, and this is something, I'm not going to play you all the clips. There's multiple clips to support every single thing that we're talking about here, so I'm not going to play them all because I want to get through the big, big issues. But he says, put action into place and stop using your words. This is something I've seen over and over again, even uh, starting with a clip we played a while ago from a Stacey Abrams rally saying, you know, we don't want to take action instead of using words, process and all that kind of stuff. But but there's something unfair going on here and we need to take action. It's basically vigilantism, I guess, is is where they're headed with this. Uh, and I'm just pointing it out because when you see see memes like this get repeated over and over again it's going somewhere it's gonna it's gonna come out i actually have a hashtag uh what to watch out for on my twitter which is at monica perez show and this is the kind of stuff i alert people to and a year or so down the road you're gonna see what the end game was and um and i think there's several end games here i want to uh i have a really interesting one let's let's put this this little subject away and I'll move on to the next really interesting kind of sub theme. I feel like I see here, uh, Binkley, do you, my producer Binkley is here reading tweets, providing, uh, clips and other production assistance and, um, interesting insights to boot. What do you have for me? Well, I have an interest, an interesting tweet, which is a good idea, but it will never happen. It says, get rid of free Wi-Fi, no more loitering. Right, but their whole point, oh, that's interesting because that reminds me that I think I've now concluded that Starbucks is the Facebook of meat space. Yeah. (laughs) That it's actually meant to congregate us and of a certain demographic. I'm not young enough for it, but there's, uh, 
I noticed this, and then I heard actually the founder, well, whoever he was, the chairman, um, Howard Schultz, say it. I, and I've noticed this theme emerging also that so many people go through Starbucks that you can really affect change in narratives and dialogues and mindsets by accessing those people. So they want you there. They want to corral you. And I actually thought, I, I don't really believe this is true, but that, that, that there are, I do believe there are surveillance elements to the Starbucks network. And every couple of years, they seem to close down shop for some major uh, political awakening. And I wonder if they just have to shut their systems down and and do some uh, maintenance. But, I mean, there are other ways to do that. But I do feel like – and actually, it is such a surveillance-oriented place. I'm sure there's a video of the entire thing from beginning to end. We could see if they were sitting there for two minutes. That's hard to believe. You know, but anyway, we had a call before the break um, uh, about uh, how a store really can't function if it's just open to everybody all the time who isn't who isn't buying stuff. Um, and I feel like caller Alex in Atlanta uh, can kind of rebut that a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Alex. What do you got for me? You're on with Monica. Well, you know, I've listened to a few callers call in, and they put a lot of burden on the on the customer for businesses that rely on customers. Uh, I've been to Starbucks all my life, black, white, regardless of the race. People sit there all day long who haven't ordered anything. They bring in their laptops. They have meetings there. Uh, This is the environment that Starbucks has, has created over the years. So that they can, you know, be there when people get thirsty or hungry if they want to get something later. That's the nature of Starbucks. And I, I see a lot of people taking these knee-jerk reactions, blaming customers for really oversensitive employees. And I think, you know, as you know, Republicans and Democrats start arguing over these issues, I think we're all being dragged into ridiculous arguments where the people who are actually causing the problem in society are overly sensitive they're, they have knee-jerk reactions. They don't have any critical thinking skills whatsoever. And then they drag us all into it so that we have these discussions over nothing. Yeah, Why okay, Alex, wait. The, there's a lot going on. So just hold on a sec. I absolutely agree. And that's why I'm going to move on from this in just a second. When we finish, we are absolutely being dragged into a dialectical setup, framing the issue. We're all talking about it. There are deeper issues at work. But I have to say... I understand your interpretation. However, the police incident report says that these guys cursed at the store manager. And, you know, it looks like there is evidence that there was a deliberate provocation here. Do you feel, does that change your opinion of what what provocation? Okay, so that's fair. But I've been to so many Starbucks where people got their orders wrong or something wasn't right. And regardless of race, uh, I've seen lots of people get cursed at. In fact, in society... Expletive a lot of people getting cursed at at Starbucks. Starbucks seems like such a different environment from that. Like that's the other thing. I feel like Starbucks, that the in-group out-group thing of like the Starbucks hipster is actually more powerful than some of these other social divides we're talking about. I, I'm I'm surprised to hear that you've heard people get cursed out at Starbucks oh, yeah, numerous I mean, times. I've, I've heard people curse at each other at employees at Starbucks. At, at, we, we, I don't know if we're heading towards a society where we're going to outlaw expletives. I don't know if that's oh, happening. We're going in the opposite what... direction. They're saying words on, on CNN that I wouldn't even say um, on my podcast. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. So if if we're if if we can use curse words, then why would we arrest people for cursing? Well, they but, were. I'm saying cursing at the barista is an is evidence that they were trying to provoke this. I don't know what else uh, they did. I don't, I don't know why we're not seeing the video of it. I don't know yeah. if you've ever been to New York, but <laughs> don't you hear me talking? <laughs> I'm quite, I've lived. I grew up in New York. Okay, then you know about the Seinfeld episode about the soup Nazis. People have Discord all the time. Oh my gosh! You cannot give me an example of a fictional sitcom as that's it. Now you're just wasting my time. Hey Binkley, you're uh, uh, you haunt the Starbucks, right? What's what's your what's your feel? What what is the policy? Do you people go in and order nothing and camp out for hours and then order? There or are what? some people that who do that. Do that? But... Do they curse at the barista? I've never heard people cursing or getting in a fight with a barista. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be uh, facetious there. The manager said that this was policy that she was following, and there was somebody else in the organization that backed her up before they— Well, it's definitely policy that they can't use the bathroom. And I'm guessing that since they walked in, they didn't just sit down. They walked in and immediately demanded to use the bathroom, asked to use the bathroom. And and I I don't know what— how it unfolded after that, but they immediately called attention to themselves. If there was cursing involved— you know, I don't know who started it. I mean, it's just we don't know. Is it not sensitive to assume everything is about race and racism? Is that not also being overly sensitive? He was talking about people. Yeah, being I think sensitive. that makes things. I, I don't. I do not think that the framing of this issue in this way is meant to uh, increase our understanding and increase harmony and and look into the soul of another person and uh, accept or reject them by the contents of their character, which should be our goal. And we don't know what happened, so we should not be wasting our time with that. But I do think there is something that nobody's mentioning that I want to get to. And I noticed it with these two guys. They Look, if, if the racism in this country is as pervasive as we are told, and I'm not actually even disputing that there is. I honestly believe that there's, there's um, many, many levels of judgment, whether it's prejudging and going with stereotypes or judging one person based on your experience with another person in that group. There's tons of that. The guy with the bad teeth called earlier. I myself have had um, uh, been the victim of um, prejudgments. So, but what, if that's true, then these guys being calmly uh, handcuffed and arrested that happened to you, right, Binkley? You were right. Now we don't have a lot of time, but you were falsely arrested once, right? Yes, I was arrested for having a suspended license that should not have been suspended. Okay, so was it unbelievable? Was it the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to you? No, it wasn't traumatic at all. It was so absurd that I was laughing most of the time. Okay, so if these guys really deal with this every day, everywhere, that I'm not belittling, you know, that 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 the scenario as they described it. Uh, would have been unjust if it really unfolded the way they said. However, the level of, you know, I, I'm not sure I would call it uh, traumatizing to two guys who've had to live with this their whole lives. Yet I, I want to, and I'm not even trying to pick on them. It's the Starbucks of CEO who, I, who I'm bringing this home, but I noticed it. Let's start with uh, clip 10, this is Dante Robinson, as the first sign I saw that there was something emotional going on here that seemed disproportionate to the event that was part of the story. So let's hear clip 10. So what I want is for a young man or young men 
to not be traumatized by this and instead motivated, inspired. Uh, okay, I don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to go for it. Sorry, Rachel, I'm sure you're like, no, don't go for it. I'm going for it. Uh, let's hear, this is the Starbucks CEO, Kevin Johnson, on Don Lemon on CNN, clip eight. I've interviewed thousands of people in my career, and, you know, I don't know if it's a, if you're exhausted or if, you know, how this really affected you. Maybe it's a combination, but uh, you seem to be really affected by this. What's going through your head? Well, you know, um, You know, it's been an emotional experience. And uh, spending these three days on the ground and, and sitting across from these young men and really trying to understand how this could happen in today's society in a Starbucks. In a, in a, in a Starbucks where our mission is around the human experience and creating a warm, welcoming environment for everyone. And so for me, it's a learning experience. It's, a, it's an emotional learning experience, and I take it personally. So, yeah, I'm affected by it, and I'm going to fix it. So I actually feel like there's an element not of emasculating men, but of feminization, like totally unrelated to anything we've been talking about. There's a feminization undercurrent here that I think we're going to see more of. But let's talk about this after the break at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez. This will not stand, you know. This aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Hi, today of 64. Tomorrow's high 68. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, my producer Binkley's here. Do you have a tweet for us? And uh, what do you got? Yeah, I have a tweet. Let's see. Alan tweets, I only know of Starbucks due to my travel through airports. If I am asked by a manager of an establishment, I will leave before going to jail. Anyway, I don't care about Starbucks. Three bucks for a black coffee sucks. I don't even know if it's that cheap. It's that the – I don't – the coffee is like burnt to me. The it's guy asked really me if strong I was, too. The guy asked me if I was from New York. First of all, <laughs> I have to say, if someone call, it, why is he listening to my show? He never listens to my show. How could you not know I'm from New York? It's annoying how from New York I am. So sorry, it is true. <laughs> the only complaints WSB ever gets is about my accent, which is amazing <laughs> considering the things I actually say. Yeah, but. Uh, the now they'll get a bunch of complaints about my accent because I just fed the troll. Uh, the yes, anyway, but what were you? Um, yeah, New York has great coffee, and it's like at the food trucks that sell the bagels, you know, like you want your coffee, like Tommy's coffee, not that stuff. But, um, but you were saying that call before the break, the guy who probably does obviously does not listen to me. Um, you said that some of the points he was making were just stuff that you had seen in some of your uh, research. It was what? right out of the mouth of every progressive show, but you know, Don Lemon, uh, Anderson Cooper, The View. So you're saying these are the talking point. Yeah. I, I'm not like being an idiot. I understand that. I I found my own talking points that I think that they're oh, like put your words away, take action. Uh, men crying and being intimidated by 
probably something not as traumatic as other yeah. things. They've definitely, but you are seeing other things, and and these are some of the talking points you're hearing. We have like twenty seconds. Yeah, it's here. it's the theme that they were just harmlessly sitting there, and that what happened is by default racist, regardless of what the whole story is. Right. So if it comes out that it was a provocation, it won't matter because underneath it all, there is a racism. I have a really funny. Uh, clip to play you that demonstrate there is racism there is perceptionism um oh well a guy I absolutely love puts it very amusingly after the break 800 wsb talk this is monica perez monica perez you maniac you blow it up on news 95.5 at am 750 wsb We are in the home stretch here. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6 normally. Right now, it's Sunday, 12 to 3, uh, having a live discussion about what I think are many layers of agenda policy um, goals coming out of the Starbucks uh, video of two guys getting arrested. And the meme is that if they were white, it wouldn't have happened. But there's some evidence of provocation. I think even just the idea, I've called it the art of ambiguity, that every single solitary video that makes, that divides us by race or anything else that I've noticed over the past several years, you never see the whole thing. You never see the whole incident ever, ever, ever. You always see the middle of the video or after the incident start, and this is no different. We absolutely do not see the behavior of um, that that instigated the problem. Who was at fault? You absolutely don't know. So you have to, you have to bring your preconceptions to this, and it almost always divides across, uh, upon um, uh, party lines. It's whatever your preconception is. I call it the art of ambiguity, and I and the reference I make. Obama kind of did it with his like having nothing, hope and change, and. And Trump did it by saying everything, and you could pick what you wanted. And I always think of it as like if you watch Doctor Who, he has psychic paper, and his idea is blank, and you project onto it whatever you want. And that's how I think it works. So um, open to discuss it. Anything that we've brought up during this show you want to comment on, do it. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Um, I want to get to Stephen on the phone in just a second, but first I'm going to go to my producer, Binkley, who... Uh, has been providing these great clips, and um, and I want to get a tweet from Binkley. Go ahead. What do you have? I have one from – well, I lost my place there for a minute. Um, you want me to give you a second? I want yes, to – does Rachel have that second. clip? Rachel, do you have clip uh, – let's see. What is it? 27? serve so many millions of people and employ hundreds of thousands of people. We, we can use this as an opportunity to educate. So that was Howard Schultz, who is the chairman of Starbucks. I think he was the CEO, gave way to Kevin Johnson, the guy who was crying earlier because he was so traumatized meeting these guys who experience racism every single day of their lives. But for some reason, this is making everybody cry, cry real tears. Um, so, but this is, but what I was saying is, Earlier is that Starbucks now I realize there's there's something uh, you know, I can't say deep state anymore because it's been hijacked yeah. as the Obama holdovers, which it isn't. The deep state killed JFK. They're not Obama holdovers. 
But whatever the shadow government or whatever the power behind the scene is, Starbucks is part of that. A lot of these monopolies and oligopolies, they get they, they'll get like zoning waivers in a town that a regular mom and pop shop won't. And that like drives all these regular guys out of business. And it and it favors these mega corporations that then can be as a quid pro quo to the founder who's a billionaire after this. They can be these messengers of social change. And he's admitting that's what they are, not that that's what they were set up to be. I think they were set up to be that because I, I always peel the onion one layer more than anybody really wants me to. But that's what I think is going on. Give me a tweet, and then I'm going to go to the call. All right. I have a tweet from Wife Dudes who tweets. I don't want to know what it really says that you're trying to not say. It's probably something vulgar. Go ahead. The agenda is to tick off voters to keep them still interested in voting. Oh, yeah. Ah, That's such a simple one, and that Mm. is such a part of the dialectic. It's just like I don't even – actually don't even believe the votes are are counted properly so i don't even think all this voting nonsense is about voting it's about perception mm-hmm. and engagement and co-opting you learn that in business school I went to business school they tell you how to co-opt people to make them on your side and and like salesmen do it by nodding their heads while they're talking to you and then you nod your head and then you're both on the same page mirroring you, what mirroring yeah. yeah you force the other person to mirror you anyway that's not getting into that right now. I want to go to Stephen. Stephen, thank you for holding. You are on with Monica. Hey, how you doing, Monica? Good. What's up? Um, yeah, I just wanted to say about the Starbucks. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm the same demographic as they are. So, you know, and I started going to Starbucks about a year ago when I started trading in electronics. You know, I started going on a regular basis every day. And I go in there and I, I see it as the price of opportunity. You know, I pay $3 so I can come in here to be comfortable and be safe and, you know, buy electronics from people. So I don't understand how you could conduct what you call a business meeting at a place and not pay to go there. You know, if we were renting a hall or renting, I I don't know, a venue for us to, you know, host a business meeting here, I would pay. You know, when you go to rent your house, you pay. When you rent your car, you pay. Uh, whatever you do, you pay. If you don't stay, if you don't pay, and, that's and Starbucks pay. is paying, they pay. And that, and they that, own that, that place, and that's how I feel. And I don't understand how, like what you said earlier, like everybody's trying to be demasculized. It's like I don't understand. It's like how can you be upset that you didn't pay three dollars? It's like why are you mad? I don't get it. It's because America's okay. I feel like nowadays with being a B word, and I feel like they're trying to make everybody a B word. And I don't get that. Well, the the argument, I think, is that uh, white people do it all the time and nobody says anything. Like, there's this. That's not true. Yeah. It's like they'll. I go to Starbucks every day. That's not true. I feel as if that's not true. I look at everybody's cup and it's full. Or it's half empty or they have a. Yeah, they have a cup there. That's, you know, that's the only thing I'm getting at. They could have asked for a glass of water and paid 20 cents. You know what I'm saying? They could have asked for anything. And. I don't understand how you don't value the price of opportunity. It's, you know, it's very important to pay for what you want. Yeah, and it's a very low price indeed. But it reminds me of there was an old Saturday Night Live skit where they, the, men and the man and the woman both go to the bathroom at, like, this restaurant, and the man just goes in, goes to the bathroom, comes out. But he's like, there's some sense of mystery behind the door for the women's room. And when, when he see, catches a peek, it's like people are being fanned with big feather fans, and there's, like, attendance everywhere. Like, there's some, there's some hidden 
you know, glory back there that that you don't have access to. I I don't go to Starbucks, so I don't really know, and I don't go because you can never get a seat. <laughs> so yeah, I don't and, I don't go. And I, I I see that too. And like I'm not generally a Starbucks goer, and like I said, I'm from the same demographic as they are, and you know my views and how I think about it is I, I feel as if they are really media driven to, to, to say the things that they said, because it doesn't really make sense. It's like, you know, you know how it is. It's like, uh, you pick up your kid, he's crying. He starts crying more because he knows you're coming to pick him up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's like, I don't get that. It's like, why, why wouldn't you pay $3 to have a business meeting? It's actually a lot cheaper than a venue, you know? And then, that you get the feeling of self-righteousness because people echo the systemic problem that you're identifying. And I'll tell you, I mean, what do you think about, see, I feel like there is, I I don't know about Starbucks. Starbucks actually seems like the last place that uh, a worker would um, indulge prejudice because of the way Starbucks culture is, and it's really cultural. Some Starbucks you go to is the full black community. Some Starbucks you go to in San Francisco, it's a full um, Asian community. Uh, depending on where you go, is you know, it's a different demographic. And- yeah, I just don't see, you know, but but uh, if you were those guys and that happened to you, would you be traumatized to the point of tears? What is your personal experience? My personal experience is, well, an experience where me and uh, a Starbucks manager actually got into it because that actually happened to me before, and... How we got into it is because they didn't have change, and they didn't have a sign saying they didn't have change. So it made me upset that for some reason there's a policy that, that's not in front of everybody, and I don't understand. It's not a policy they're saying that you can't come in here and sit there, but it's also known that a private business, you need to spend money with them to come in their door. It's like it's not Walmart, you know what I'm saying? It's like don't come here and, and hang out. It's not for that. It's not the mall, you know what I mean? That's funny that you should say that thing. Thank you, Stephen. You should say that thing about the change. Like two or three people made reference to getting change there. And I wonder if maybe they're um, helping usher in the kind of cashless society. I mean, there could be another agenda. Once you think, once I think of something as a as a tool of uh, of what I think clearly is this move towards you know, I've gone beyond calling it the world government. I think of it as the world corporation. And I think James, who called earlier, has called before with kind of the same thought that it's it's really this it's it's like true fascism. And I'm not talking about like race based fascism or anti-Semitic Nazi stuff. I'm talking about the actual economic Mussolini's theory of like corporations and governments working hand in hand. I think that's really part of this. And, and a lot of it is about technology and controlling society, a cashless society, a personal carless society, a fully surveilled and censored society. This is all ways of controlling you and controlling your information and your uh, flexibility. So if you don't have cash, they know everything you spend. If you um, don't have a car, you can't go anywhere. They don't want you to go. So uh, it could be even deeper. I think we might have actually penetrated another level of agenda here. I'm going to have to start thinking of Starbucks like I think about Facebook. But, Binkley, I know you did a lot of work on this. I want you to chime in and tell me uh, what, you know, what are your, what do you think are the most important takeaways here? I think the most important takeaway is 
for me, this was an orchestrated event that Starbucks might have been a part of or they might just be taking advantage of now. But, yeah, this is an orchestrated event. So what Stephen was saying is, like, all of a sudden these guys, there was no big issue, and they're making it an issue – and they're crying louder the more attention they're getting. So it could be as as simple as, you know, because this is the other thing. I think this thing was a setup just because of watching the video. But you can, but there are real issues. So you yeah. could actually just wait for something to happen. I think they used to wait for things to happen. I think that's what Rahm Emanuel was saying. You never want a good crisis to go to waste. But I think they've gotten so sloppy and people have gotten so poor at, uh, analyzing stuff, never do their own research. We're being trained to not do our own research. The media is, I think, deliberately cutting back on the amount of evidence they give you so they can train you to just accept no evidence, mm-hmm. no sources. And then to go around and say, uh, you know, that it's it's just whatever. That's I have another takeaway. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of this over the summer. I think there's going to be Racial division, I think race baiting and exploiting people, the tension that's that's present in society right now in order to um, divide people up before the midterm elections. I think it's going to be all over the place. Yeah, and I do actually think that's the surface problem, and I think that other agendas will get – you know, it is that – so they so they don't wait for the crises. They actually create the crises, and they have numerous – agendas underneath it all and uh they'll take this one the low-hanging fruit and while you're not looking they'll force that other stuff um is policy changes that people just don't even examine anymore let's wrap it up after the break uh this is monica perez monica perez well no one's gonna top that on news 95.5 at am 750 wsb Periods of rain likely, high of 68 forecast for tomorrow as the work week begins, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Right before the break, we are wrapping it up. Normally I'm on 3 to 6 on Saturdays today, 12 to 3 here on Sunday. But we had a call right before the break uh, from Stephen. If you want to hear the whole show, uh, I'm sure it's going to be... Worth listening to from top to bottom. Just go to PropagandaReportDaily.com in a few days, and you can get all our commercial-free podcasts and this show. Uh, so if you didn't hear what Stephen said, but Stephen was saying he goes in and sits at a table at Starbucks to do some business, but he buys something. It costs him 3 bucks, whatever. And uh, he said it's basically rent. It's, it's being able to rent a table to conduct business for an hour. It's well worth it. They're paying for the property, blah. So... Uh, He's helping me clarify here. Something I noticed is that one of the underlying themes is it's a public place and and you shouldn't have to pay rent. You shouldn't have to buy something to use the bathroom. It's a way of eroding uh, the concept of private property so that if it's open to the public, it is quasi-public. Now, this is is an interpretation of private property that's being expanded, in my opinion, that started – with the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So people get under extreme controversy, Barry Goldwater, Rand Paul, for criticizing the Civil Rights Act. But what the problem people have with it is it was the first time, as far as I know, where the federal government was telling people limits on how they could use their own private property so that it was a way of saying the the government kind of owns all the property and you then are using it 
under our rules, which was not the mindset before that. And here, I think, is another shift in mindset. Now, then it was very obvious that the racial problem promoted the outcry for a change, and that was segregation. Remember, segregation was a law in many places where they were telling people they could not allow, but it wasn't a federal law. It was local laws. This was, And then the federal thing um, not only made localities unable to make those laws, it actually started telling private people how they could use their property. And I feel like using race to affect this change in the way we think about property is a little more cynical because I think it was a setup. I don't think this was actually a racially motivated situation. And I think what Stephen's interpretation was that these guys, they were not in the right, but once they got all the attention, they they were um, did feel self-righteous. I don't know exactly how to interpret it all. Um, there, I teased to a few things that we're going to have to get to another time. Um, Stacey Abrams, uh, we can talk about next Saturday. I think there's maybe a debate this week. Binkley's going to have some uh, some insight into who's funding her. You'll be very surprised, I think, if you don't already know. Um, I wanted to talk about the South- Southwest Airlines accident. You're going to have to go to my Twitter feed for uh, my many interesting insights into the weird details of that one. That's at Monica Perez Show. And... I did not get to play the video from the real Charles Ramsey, somebody I absolutely just adore. I think he's hilarious. So I will see if I can um, find the video for that and tweet it out. Thank you, everybody. Crystal, Rachel, Binkley, thank you for the callers. And I will be back next week, Saturday from 3 to 6. This is Monica Perez.